Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Hey loves, it's Grace Redmond. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Real Talk, where I get to have real life conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I'm super excited to be here with Sammy Tosa. Sammy is a graduate of San Francisco State University where he majored in communications. He has spent the last decade working directly with tech companies in the Bay Area and across the United States. Currently, Sammy is the Senior Vice President of Boca Communications. He's also a well-versed professional musician and some of the instruments he has studied include the French horn, baritone tuba, and piano. Sammy's also a professional songwriter and stage performer. He has toured around the world with bands, including Carlos and Salvador Santana, which is one of my favorites, Los Lonely Boys, Alza Motley, and many other Bay Area acclaimed groups. Sammy, I'm so excited to have you here today with us. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I know we go way back and, um, one of the things I've all, always, you know, been fascinated by was your experience in working and touring with these incredible bands, especially Carlos Santana, because he's our, you know, also here from the Bay Area. And I was mentioning to you the world around me. I, I wanted to be J Lo, right? Yeah. But the world around me didn't encourage that. You know, we were encouraged to do other things. So I'm so um, excited to hear, like, how did you get into your music career? Yeah, it started a long time ago when I was a little kid. Um, it's funny because um, my dad is a big sports fanatic, and um, I was sort of born with the physique of a sports sports uh, body, you know, football, baseball, basketball, all that stuff. Athletic. And, and all, although I did that when I was younger, um, my sort of heart gravitated towards music, which is also my dad's passion as well. And it all started when I was a little kid and my dad purchased a keyboard and brought it home for himself to learn how to play. And, and I started playing with it when I was a young kid. And um, that was the very beginning of doing music, just hitting the keys on the keyboard, trying to be creative. Um, and took lessons or did it just come naturally? No, no, I never took lessons. I just sort of started to play piano by ear, learning from other people and whatnot. And, and just kind of, yeah, just did that. But I also did writing when I was younger earlier. So I did poetry and a lot of a written form of, uh, that creative stuff. So when I was very young, it was a combination of playing the piano a little bit and, and writing a poetry and then as I got older, I started studying classical music from middle school through high school. So I started with the French horn, then graduated to baritone and tuba. And I actually went to a performing arts high school, School of the Arts in San Francisco. And Which school was that? It's San Francisco School of the Arts. It's oh, a basically think of the movie Fame out of New York. Uh, that, really? Yeah. So um, the, the first half of your day is dedicated to all academics. 
you know, reading, writing, math, all that stuff. And the second half of the day is dedicated to the arts. So you had musicians that perform, dancers, actors, all of that stuff. I love so that, that. Yeah, yeah. I so that's where I really. I mean, I've, that? Never, I've never heard of the school. I've been here my whole life. So it tells you how, you know, a little bit out of touch with that I am. But I love that creative piece. So yeah, no and it, 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 it was a very small school, three, 400 students. You have to audition to get in. And so at that point, I was writing more. I was playing more piano, but then I was actually studying some classical music. Mm -hmm. and, and for about four years during high school, that's where I sort of advanced some of those skills. And um, there I met one of my best friends, Salvador Santana. He was also playing music as well. And my wife was a musician as well. She's a violinist and we went to high school together as well. So um, totally, you know, just encompassing the arts and creative and music. And that's sort of how everything started and, and gravitated. And of course, me and my friend Sal started songwriting together and, and he started his group and asked me to participate in that project and that sort of took me on the road of, of playing with his live band and touring with his dad and other groups. That, that's, that's super exciting. And, you know, like I told you, Santana is one of my favorite musicians. And just when I see, I've seen him a few times, once I think in the Grove, many yes. years ago, yeah. and yep. once in Vegas, um, like on the floor. And it's so magical. Like you have an out-of-body experience and it's just a flow. What yep. was it like for you to be, you know, on stage and then have this audience? Like, what was that flow like? felt very natural for me. Uh, I know um, most people would probably be scared to sit, sit on, you know, or stand on a stage in front of, you know, at sometimes upwards of 100 or 200,000 people at some of the bigger shows. But to me, I was just having fun. And um, I always did music because I love to do it. I never did it because I thought I was going to get anything out of it other than having fun. And so that that was the ultimate dream to be on stage, to do do what you love with people that you love and just make make music, make people happy. So I think the smaller stages make me more nervous. The bigger stages never seem to be a problem. So tell me more about that. Like, why does a smaller stage make you more nervous? I think it's more intimate. You know, when you have a sea of people, it's just like this. It's it for me. It doesn't feel as uh, personal in a way. Um, but when you're on a stage in front of a couple of people, you know, everybody's paying attention a little bit closer, and you start getting a little bit more nervous. At least for me. But, but I could I could relate to what you're saying because you know in the work I do, I have no problem showing up with strangers or when it's. Um, like you said, there's a lot of people and I really don't know them, but then when I'm going to show up and it's going to be people that I know, I feel a lot more nervous to show yeah. up. I also think uh, preparation, and this can be applied beyond music as part of it, when you're, when you feel fully, fully prepared and you have songs that are written and rehearsed mm -hmm. and you're doing it day after day with a group of musicians and people that you trust and respect and know that have your back, you know, really amazing musicians, it does make it a lot easier. That's so true. I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be surrounded by a lot of great artists, even beyond that group in the Bay Area over the years, working with so many amazing artists. So that's a good foundation. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I'm sure you have incredible stories. So is there one story? <laughs> is there one story that you could share with us that really impacted you while you were on the road? It could be with anyone, it doesn't have to be when you're with Santana. Um, one story that impacted me when I was on the road. Hmm, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. I think um, whatever comes up. Yeah, I think um, one of the initial shows that we uh, did on our very first 
uh, tour um, in, was at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland in 2000 and 2004. And it was a pretty magical experience, actually. Um, the first reason being is I was, this was my first time to Europe. So getting, you know, um, coming from the U.S. and really immersing myself in, in an environment that was different and a cultural that, the culture that was different than my own was, was awesome. And then to be immersed in this, this world, the Montreux Jazz Festival is the best of the best. Musicians, performers from all over the world come to this one place and it's just like a party. All day, all night, multiple stages of just music. And so to immerse yourself in that environment and to basically have the opportunity to perform on the same stage that with artists like Miles Davis and other like famous musicians that have that have touched that stage, um, to have that honor to perform there was, I, I think, a magical experience. And it was the first tour and you're in Europe and you're sitting on this stage that has so much history. Uh, and, and like I said, performing and creating original music with people that you're, you love and you're passionate about was great because it's like what a, can you think of a better way to do it to just be be a part of that history um i it was just i think it impacted me because yeah i get we got to be a part of that history yeah that's amazing and you're and and you're and you're so humble and so like this is like an incredible amazing um experience to have like you said with the likes of miles davis and so many other incredible people on the stage how are you able to stay grounded? Like being in that environment, I think it takes you to a, a, another level because um, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, just, it's another level. So how did you stay? The, fu the, the funny thing is, so, you know, um, I got the opportunity to go on tour, but, you know, tours happen two, three weeks at a time. Um, I, I was actually in school at the time as well in community college, trying to figure that out. And I was also working full time, you know, you still got to pay the bills. So serves as a forcing function to come off of that tour and to be back in your regular working environment. At the time I was uh, working at Safeway and um, imagine yourself um, performing in front of a hundred thousand people in Italy on a stage. And then a week or two later, checking out groceries in Safeway, you know what I mean? Back, back to normal, back to normal life. So I've always been, you know, I've always worked as long as I can remember since I was a young kid and um I think that's helped to build a lot of good character. So I, I think that action served as a forcing function that this is an amazing opportunity that you have, but you know, it sometimes can be temporary and then you, you graduate back to normal life and day-to-day -day life. And to me, it serves as a forcing function to keep me grounded, to know that, you know, to appreciate all the gifts that I've been given, but know that, you know, life's a struggle and there's ups and downs and not every day is going to be on that stage and you have to um, have some sense of reality around it. And like you said, of course, in life we are gonna struggle because I believe that our struggles also um, are opportunities for growth and they make us resilient and, and they grow us. What was one struggle that you had during you know, that time or one life struggle that you experienced and what you got out of it? How did it grow you? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the biggest struggle that most people face is trying to figure out, you know, what, what you want to do in life as generic as that sounds, um, you know, cause like I said, I've worked as long as I can remember. And, you know, I've 
I've gone through community college and then I went on tour and did music. And then I did some work being a, being a behavioral therapist with autistic children. And then I did odd end jobs, you know what I mean? And, and then went back to school and got my degree and then did internships and then found my way at Boca. So I think the biggest struggle is, um, and, and at the time it's funny, um, I graduated later uh, because I did the touring stuff and I graduated in the, the second great recession so you think 2008 2009 2010 I remember that very well you know so now I have the experience of working I have the degree I have the music background I have everything but I'm now I'm fighting against the economy fighting against everybody trying to find a job and stuff like that so really trying to figure out what's my path and what's my direction um during that time um post music touring and post graduation from school. And um, one of the things that I learned was you got to just put yourself out there and try different things, take on internships, work at different companies, get yourself a mentor, you know, to help guide you along the way. And really just while you can, when you're younger, try things because time is the best gift of all. And I think a lot of people don't understand that use the time when you have it when you're younger to go out and experience and then you figure out what you like and what you don't like and, and get set on the right path. I, I agree with you 100% um, in everything that you said. And I remember the 2008, 2009 recession, that was, it was, it felt devastating, you know, but I learned so much from it. And I think one thing that we, we put so much stress on the younger generation or even our generation, like you have to know what you want to do right now. And how realistic is that? You know, it's like, okay, you have to go to school for four years, graduate, go to get a job. But I, I love what you said is I tried a lot of different things. Like you explored, we don't allow them the opportunity to explore. Yeah. And you have this opportunity to explore different things and you ended up, you know, in a fantastic place. So do you think it's about the journey to get to where you're going or is it getting where you're going? Uh, no, it's the journey. I mean, I feel yeah, ultimately you, I mean, for me, I, I want some of the, you know, I, I knew I want, wanted to get married, wanted to have a, have a family, wanted to find a good, good job, find a good career, but, um, you know, it's a journey is how you get there and, and the path you take. And it also like creates your, your life story as well. And so if you're just living in a very robotic way where you're not taking chances, you're not exploring, meeting people, trying new things. You know, it's like, how interesting is that? You know, if you don't, if you only eat one thing in life, if I only eat sandwiches every day of my life and I don't explore Thai food or Japanese food or Mexican food, like, am I really winning? No. So, you know, I'm, you I'm, totally, I'm totally with you. I have this new saying, cause you know, as we're coming out of the pandemic, you know, right now, um, I have the saying, like, if you, if the, I'm going to translate it from, from Arabic to English. If the devil asked me to come to hell with him, I'd say yes. <laughs> Meaning like, I'm ready to, again, like explore and do different things because there's so many amazing and beautiful, there's so much richness to this world and life. And so many of us just get stuck in this, you know, place right here. And nothing wrong with that. It's just, we're conditioned that way, but to be open-minded to explore other things is, is it's scary too. like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, it's scary to take chances to try to do things, you know, like you said, we've been conditioned to kind of operate in a certain way safely within our boxes. And um, even for myself, it's scary. And I'm, I'm learning and growing every single day in this, this, this past year and a half to moving forward as I transition through the next steps in my life. 
um, you know, it is scary, but you got to put yourself out there and that's the only way you can grow. Absolutely. It is. It's like you said, because it's risky and our ego wants to keep us safe. And I think that's the reason a lot of people don't take the risk because we're afraid to fail and we want to stay safe. But like you said, like, how does that grow us? It doesn't. That's where then we get stagnant and um, start feeling that rut that people talk about. Um, One thing that you mentioned, and I want to go back to is you were a behavioral therapist working with autistic kids. So a little bit about that. Like, how did you get into that? Because that's so just... What an amazing, not easy, but how amazing. Yeah, I think it was during the time in which I was back at San Francisco State studying communications, really trying to find my path. I was working, you know, retail. um, And I just remember saying to myself, man, I want to do something different. I want to do something more meaningful in my life than what I've been doing. And um, and like I said, put myself out there and try something different. And um, I had some some friends, close friends working in the industry as well, and um, had some conversations with them, pulled together a resume and just kind of applied to one company and was able to get a position, uh, Stepping Stones at the time. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, Stepping Stones. And um, there was another, yeah, um, family member that worked for them as well. She's an amazing um, therapist and whatnot. Um, Anyway, and and I sort of, wanted to do that because I, I wanted something more meaningful for myself and I wanted to give back and do something that was different, but also try something different and see if it was a fit or not. Um, you know, so I did it for a couple of years and I, I got the opportunity to work, do one-on-one behavioral therapy with autistic children, but at a very young age, children that were two, three, four years old, uh, and do in-home therapy. And it really taught me a lot about how to work with people, how to work with families, how to go inside somebody's home and work with parents and work with children and be patient and, and learn. And it taught me a lot of really great things. Um, and the, uh, it wasn't for me for sort of a long-term career strategy, but, um, I don't ever regret I'm uh, doing it. And I felt like I gained a lot from it. And I hope that the families gained from what I was able to give as well. And I'm, I'm still in touch with some families, one family that I'm very, very close with still in touch. And it's so funny to see, you know, the, the little girl that I worked with that was two or three or four years old is now like, you know, 10 years later is like a teenager now. So yes. kind of, it's cool. And, and like you said, you wanted to do some, you know, part of doing that was you wanted to do something meaningful. And you said you definitely learned a lot. What do you think was one of the greatest lessons you took away from that experience? Uh, patience. Mm. I think patience, patience for um, the families that I work with, because not, you know, it's not easy for every family. Um, and also patience for working with children at such a young age. And, um, you know, autism has quite a large spectrum, you know, um, from lower functioning and high functioning. And so I worked with a lot of really great children across that spectrum, but it, it really grounds you and, and you have to learn to be patient to work with a child. And, um, and yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. And I think I took it with me because when you work in that environment as, as, as intense as it can be suddenly when you work in other stressful environments, it changes your perspective on, on working with people and engaging and communicating and taking the time that you need. And so I think that was a good lesson for me. For sure. I mean, you said patience and 
now I remember I used to hear the saying patience is a virtue and it yeah. wasn't adulthood and going on my own journey that I, I realized why they say that. Yeah, I'm still very impatient when it comes to other things, though. Oh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm imperfectly flawed, you know, but I'm getting yeah. there. But that the patience, it's, you know, basically like surrendering, like accepting, surrendering where you are in the moment. Yeah. And always very easy, you know, to do, especially when we are working with other people or children, we want them to um, do what we say. And there's no way we can control that and finding ways to communicate to be effective and influential yeah and understand that some things are out of our control right you have to accept that and yeah yeah and just kind of try to focus on the things that we we can control or you know manage ourselves so yeah for sure sure. great learning experience total learning experience and i remember the world around me taught me to control things outside of me Mm. not real like i you know you have to do this to you know and it's it was all about control unconsciously and yeah said we really we can't control anything outside of us we can only you know control how we feel within ourselves and what we do so that's been a big lesson you know for me too yep yep so you have all these great experiences and so kind of the touring and then figuring um you know graduating working with autistic kids how did you get into tech and where you are now so I, yeah, like I said, I went to San Francisco State University, and um, when I first went to the school, I actually entered the school under the Broadcasting and Electronic, Electronic Arts and Communications, the, the Becca program, and uh, that was more just on traditional broadcast communications and, and me, more mixed media, um, but then I said, okay, I want something that's going to allow more flexibility for me to work in a studio, but then maybe work for a company. So I immediately transitioned into more traditional communication studies with a minor in the creative because of my just my musical background. I just and the, the writing background. I, I wanted to still continue to take those types of classes and engage with people and, and learn that way. So, um, you know, while going to school, like I said earlier, the best, the best advice that I can give anybody is while you're going to school and trying to figure out what you want to do, one, get a mentor. So try to work with somebody that can help, help guide you on your journey and give you advice. Um, and uh, the second thing is try things, take on internships, work for, work for different companies. So w- I did that. So while going to school, I you know, did some internships with companies like you know, Fox Broadcast News in Oakland, you have to wake up at the crack of dawn at 3 a.m. in the morning and get to the studio by four or five in the morning, you know, getting the scripts to the anchors and all that good stuff. And then I also did some internships in other public relations companies as well. Golan Harris, a global PR firm with a boutique office in San Francisco. I worked there. And then my third internship was actually with Boca Communications. So it, w- it was, um, I had done a couple of internships and I was still working retail. And, you know, I, this is another thing you have to stay grounded when you're, when, especially in the environment of uh, the recession, the mm-hmm. second recession, I didn't want to do any more internships. And at some point I said, I threw my hand, I literally threw my hands up to the sky in the universe. I remember when this happened and said, you know what, I'll take another internship just as long as it gets me to the next step in my journey. Right. And within, I want to say within a week or two, I found a posting for the internship program at Boca I applied, did the interview, and within a couple of weeks, I was working for the company as an intern. And within three months, we had landed um, 
you know, a new client and that internship turned into a, a regular position. And then ever since then, since 2010, I've worked with the company and I just celebrated my 11 year anniversary with them. So okay. it's just kind of funny how when you, um, you know, just give it up to the universe and yeah. say, look, this is what I want to do. Help me get there. It's funny how, how it can be reactive and really help you help you on your path. Oh, I mean, I am the biggest believer in the laws of the universe and the laws of attraction in the universe. And I, sometimes it amazes me. I'm like, I can't believe I've created what I've created just following these laws. And it's not easy. I want to, but I want to say, you know, it, it isn't easy. I want to say that I remember, I remember a moment walking backstage at the shoreline after seeing a major performance and looking at the stage and, and saying, I'm going to be there one day. And then I was there. I remember doing this a handful of times in my life. And that, that was another example. I'll take another internship, just get me where I need to go. And then boom, I found myself there. So people don't realize, I mean, it's, it's powerful when you, when you manifest and put it out there and what can happen when you do that. So, yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, again, like I'm a big believer. Like I, 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 I teach it, I preach it, I believe it. And every day I have experiences, you know, of manifestation experiences of just putting it out there, thinking it, speaking it. Um, and you have to believe it. Cause when you were in at the shoreline in front of that, you believed it, you knew like, I'm going to be on that. And that belief got you to where, you know, you're going. I know this seems so simplistic, yeah. but parts of it are really simplistic. You ask and you get, you know, what is it? Um, Abraham Hicks ask and you shall receive. Yep. And there's certainly more times than not where I haven't done that in my life. So like I said, there's a handful of times where I did it and it happened. I think people need to put that into practice more. People need to put it out, manifest their dreams and aspirations. And, um, you know, it's never going to be easy. You know, there's always struggle out there, but, but I think it can be a powerful technique. Absolutely. And, and part of it also, like you said, it's, it's, it's a process, it's a commitment also, let me know if this resonates with you. We have to have clarity mm -hmm. and what's the why? Like, why did you, when you were in front of that stage, why did you want to be on that stage? What was your why? The, the why was because I've always been passionate about music and I always loved to do it. The why wasn't, I want to be rich and famous. It was never that. It was, I want to share my creative energy with the world in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, I, I also, I also used to manifest things like I would love to create things that can create change in the world or do, do, do good for people. And so call it a coincidence or not, but one of the first projects that, um, I, you know, I was able to work on with my friend Sal and his dad, Carlos, was a song called Open Your Eyes. And we were able to record it with, with his dad. And his dad featured the song on, his, on an album called Food for Thought that album was sold at 20 or 30,000 um, Baja Fresh um, chains all over the United States. And 100% of the proceeds went to their Milagro Foundation, which helped youth, women that were pregnant, women that you know were offered classes and education classes to help them on their way. So I wanted to do something to create change. I wanted to do something to, to share my creative energy. I mean, as in that, that like what we did together was we created great music and that turned into, you know, something for somebody in need. 
So well, impact and giving back and service. And and if you Simon Sinek talks about this, he talked about the great why. And then when you keep drilling the why down, like you said, it's not about the money. It's not about um, the the fame. It goes deeper. And yeah. it goes, yeah, it's intrinsic and it goes back to, because I want to feel good. I want to feel peace. I want to give back. And so I love how you brought that up because ultimately, even though we think the why is here, when we drill down, the why is more intrinsic and yeah. about really, you know, be, being true to ourselves and giving back too. Yeah. And music has always been very therapeutic for me. So <laughs> if I can share that. You know, it's, it's something that touches everybody across the world. It's like a universal language. Oh, so, yes. You know. I love music. I have the music on every day. Like I make feel good playlists. I'm making playlists yep. all the time. For me, music is therapeutic. And one thing I've missed so much during the last year and a half, you know, as we're recording this, um, as we're coming out of the pandemic, is live music. Oh, yeah. And I remember um, Billy Joel, Mike said, you know, I'd love to go see Billy Joel in New York. I'm like, I'm down. So we yeah. went to see Billy Joel in Madison Square Garden on his 70th birthday. Oh, so boy. we're in Madison Square Garden. And to tell you, I had an out-of-body experience because of just the flow of the people, the music, yeah. the energy. You, you, you can't recreate that. Like there's, there's. Yeah, music is, music is healing, healing energy and the world needs it right now. I know, I, and I totally like pro-vaccine pro like doing all that we need to do mm -hmm. to make sure we're all safe to protect each other all over the world. But I think we're, I think the world needs more music right now. And um, yeah, hopefully sooner than later. Yes. I'll, I'll be getting the band back together. Oh, um, I'm, I'd love to be there. Actually, we're going to go see P. Escovito at Yoshi's next month. So I'm looking forward awesome. to that. That'll be the first one. So working in music, working in corporate, how is, how is your music career and corporate career similar? How, how are they similar? Well, um, one, so I work in um, public relations and, um, and so part of our job is to create, create storylines and narratives and to work with the press on building stories for our clients. So to me, there was a direct connection. I've always been a writer. I've always been a musician. So for me to like work with our teams and our clients to come up with creative concepts that resonate and tell stories about tech and how it's changing the world and impacting consumers and everyday people was a very easy connection. And so like my, and also like my, our founder, my CEO says, if I can be on a stage in front of a hundred thousand people and perform, I can get on the phone and talk to a reporter and pitch yeah. a story. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So to me, it was a, it was an easy, you know, easy road for me. And like I said, when I started doing the internships, and mind you, some of the internships I did were free. I was working full-time, going to school full-time and doing internships three days a week. Mm -hmm. And I was still enjoying it. So I said to myself, hey, if I'm enjoying this while I'm doing all this for free, maybe there's an opportunity to create a, create a career out of it. And so- it, And I love that. Cause there you go with the creative mind, the manifesting mind. The yep. other thing I love, um, and, and I was a lot like this is like you said, you know, you had, you, you were have internships that you're doing for free, you're working. So you had this grit, like you had this hustle. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to use the word hustle because you said it was easy for you. So you had this grit. Where, yes. where, where do you think that grit came from? Because I don't see it as much anymore. Um, it probably stems from a starting to uh, work at a very young age, a starting, you know, I think values and responsibilities that my dad gave me at a younger age 
you know, I'm thinking about hopping on the bus at a very young age, starting to work, you know, you know, even in a grocery store before I was 16, mm -hmm. my dad, now I'm 16, I'm, I can work, I get a job, you know, so um, I think it's a hustle. I think it's a hustle also to create a better life. And, you know, from generation to generation. So you have, you know, my dad's parents uh, that were not born here in the US that came to the US. Mm -hmm. Then my dad was first generation, starting to make a better life and then try and then wanting to have me to continue that journey and that legacy of creating a better life for our future family as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's intergenerational um, struggle and, and, um, path for success for a happy future and so i think working at a young age wanting to you know find my way but also not be afraid to kind of put in the time and the effort to work mm -hmm. um and learn that not everything comes easy you know things take time and um you know maybe i'm just a little bit older so that's just a little bit of an older men mentality i do but what i like about the new generation of, of, um, of people out there is people are hungry. I feel like people want to learn and grow and be better and add value to companies. I mean, I work with these people every single day at Boca and um, people are passionate and hungry. Um, so for sure. Yeah, yeah. And innovative and creative. And like, there's just so many amazing things that are happening. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind the word hustle. You know what I mean? We're, you know, I'm surrounded with people that have not necessarily been given everything in life and have learned to hustle and that helps build character. Sure. Um, so I'm a believer in it. Well, I'm a hustler. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yeah, it's like you, you, you just, you do what you have to, like you have that drive and that passion. And, and I think part of me takes pride in it. Although, you know, when you get into a law of attraction, they talk about ease and grace and the hustle burned me out, you know, but that was because of my beliefs around the hustle, you know, the belief. Right. And you're right, the new generation are so, um, they're smart, yep. they're intelligent. And I see, I see how, like my parents immigrated here and I'm first generation. So I see like how they paved the way for me that I had a better life. And then now I see how it's better for my kids. And when I look at my kids now who are 20 and 18, I tell them, you guys have way more wisdom and intelligence and life, not maybe life experience, but just so much more intelligence and wisdom and awareness at their age than I even had at the age of 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love how you talked about that, the legacy, how each generation just grows and expands and you know um, paves the way for, for the next generation. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and we're, I think we're at a like, not to get too political or anything, but we're at a great transition you know, with everything that's happened with the pandemic and, you know, BLM movement and, um, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of negative out there, yeah. but there's also a lot of positive, you know, in terms of actual movements to create change. Yeah. And so I like to remain optimistic, cautiously optimistic that we're going in the right direction. I, I agree. I really believe that we are experiencing a major shift and uh, going towards kind of oneness because we're all we're all one regardless of race color creed religion we all have the same um wants needs we want to be loved respected we want to belong yeah. there's yep. no difference and and i and i love that that we're going that direction i love that people are becoming more aware 
And I think it just starts with us. Yeah, and I think um, there's a, you know, um, social media, I think has helped out with that. you know, like everything, everything can be used for, for good or evil, right? And exactly. so you, you have to like find balance in anything in life. And so- Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of this negativity um, that we've experienced the last year and a half, I mean, it comes also from a place of fear. So when yeah. people are activated and they go into a place of fear, their fight or flight is activated and then all, it just, it, it goes all bad. And now, like you said, I appreciate the fact that these, these situations are coming to the forefront so we can start being aware and, and make those changes that we need to, to have a better world. Yep. Fear and anxiety is bad. What is it? Fear and anxiety is bad. Okay. Not a good place to operate in. No, it's not. So go, you know, choose fear or faith, which is not always easy. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a fun question. If oh. you had one person that you could collaborate with musically, who would that be? Um... Oh my goodness. Um, so many, I'm sure. I, so who my get, Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. There's a couple that came to mind. Really? I want to say probably one of the most, oh, I'll give you a couple examples, a couple quick examples. I would say two of the most, uh, the greatest musical inspirations for me come from, uh, songwriters and performers. One Freddie Mercury from Queen. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, so I love Queen growing up, and I still love Queen, and um, so I just like that would be to be in a locked in a room and write a song, be a creative process with like a Freddie Mercury oh, and God. Queen. That would be amazing. Yeah. And then on the flip side of it, um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest songwriting partners out there in the world. And I grew up listening to Beatles, to Wings, to John Lennon solo music, and um, so I'd say probably a tie between the two of those cast awesome. of characters. Yeah. Awesome, awesome choices. So now as um, there's also something else that um, some people might not know about you. So can you share a little bit with us about your little foodie? Oh yeah. Um, so um, my dad's an amazing chef. Um, so I've always, person. Yeah, I, I, I grew up eating really great food and you know, you're always picky when you're a little kid, but when you, when you start growing up, like, uh, I just have been introduced to like world cuisine and, um, I love it. I wish I inherited the chef skills. They're probably there if I put as much time into it as I do like my music and other things, but, um, but I'm so passionate about food and eating food and trying and exploring different things that I started, um, I probably should have started it earlier about a couple of years, but about a year, one to two years ago, I started an Instagram at food Wookie um f-o-o-d-w-o-o-k-i-e which is a play on star wars a little bit because i'm a huge star wars fan star wars nerd um where i go around exploring trying new food and doing you know pictures on instagram of the different places that i eat and try to make good recommendations for people to eat so um i just like to share that stuff to me food chefs are artists as well and what they create is art edible art and um and so, yeah, the last couple of years, I've just been out there and trying to find great restaurants in the Bay Area. But when I travel, you know, great places everywhere and uh, just share that with the world. So I love that. I, I love food. I'm a foodie. And so we'll make sure to definitely share your link um, for Food Wookie. Cool. Yeah. So we'll share um, that. Uh, face, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. But I'm and we'll, Instagram make, one. yeah. we'll definitely make sure to share that. 
So what's one thing you'd like to leave our audience with? I mean, you know, maybe they're looking to get into, you know, a music career or a corporate career. I know you've given a lot of nuggets. What'd be the one thing that you'd leave us with? Take chances. Don't be afraid to take chances. Um, and just go out there and do it like baby steps. It, it just, that's the only way you're going to move in the right direction, right? It's like me dabbling on the piano as a little kid before I even knew what I was playing. I wasn't even making music, you know, but it's, it's those small baby steps that will lead to, you know, greater strides and towards moving towards your goals or, or figuring out which path you want to get on. And, um, you can't do that without trying. You can't do that without taking chances and putting yourself out there. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Take chances. I love that. And I love how you said take baby steps because sometimes we want to get to the top of the mountain in one step and it, we can't. We have to take those baby steps for sure. Yeah, my, my boss always says uh, you can uh, not eat a gigantic chocolate cake in one sitting. I mean, right. I, I can, I but usually, you, you usually have one slice at a time. So that's like life, right? Take right. one slice at a time. And when you, when you accomplish smaller things that creates sort of a snowball effect of, whoa, I can do this. Now, maybe I could step it up and do that. And it creates a chain reaction. Absolutely. I totally believe in the compound effect. It's like mm -hmm. when you take the little steps, they start accumulating and compounding and you have the momentum and it just snowballs. So I love that. It was amazing to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. I love so watching your videos and your Thank interviews. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was just amazing learning so much about you and how you got to where you were and so many wonderful nuggets. So I just want to thank everyone that's here with us today for joining us. Really appreciate you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share and rate. And also we will have the information where you can find Sammy Toda and connect with him on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys so much and make it an amazing day. Hey love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.